Hey, I'm Drew. And I'm Tim. And this is the Hearts and Hands Podcast. In episode 43, we talked to Jason Jasperson about structured creativity. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Drew Sonnenberg, joined as always by my co-host, Tim Babbler. Tim, how you doing? Doing pretty well. It's been a, a wet time in Wisconsin. We actually just broke the record for, uh, well, we broke last year's record for total rainfall, and it's only the beginning of October. Oh, wow. So we, we had a, a really interesting conversation this week with Jason Jasperson about kind of the relationship between structure and creativity and that made me think a lot about songwriting weekend that we do here tim can you talk about how how the structure of of songwriting weekend is helpful to you yeah i always come away from songwriting weekend obviously with a completed piece of music and say that if i actually had structured time like that i would definitely write way more music so what i find really helpful is uh we have specific time slots that are set aside not just for working on the one song you're supposed to complete during the weekend, but to write a new melody for something or to pair a text with a melody or to you know collaborate with someone. Even just talking through what your process is helps people, it helps me, I should say, to, uh, to, to better feel like I'm expanding my creative muscles to the point where I, I'm doing something and then I'm like, oh, I like how this sounds. You know, it's, it's, it's more or less just playing around with something and, and doing a chord structure or playing a melody. And then I can't just sit from a blank slate and expect music to just write itself, you know? Yeah. And I think you kind of mentioned within songwriting weekend, we have those like shorter timed songwriting challenges where you're like writing a new melody for an old hymn or something like that. And I think I, I found those really beneficial. And I think most of the, the other attendees have said something like, Knowing that I only have half an hour to do this, it just forces me to just start and just get something down, write something, because like no one's ever come out of a songwriting challenge and said, I didn't do it. I didn't have, right. I don't have, like, you do, you do it. You may not like it. You may not think it's the best thing you've ever written, but like just forcing yourself to actually get to work and do something. I think that that's kind of been the, the most beneficial thing of, about those in particular. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that because I have found myself many times saying, oh, well, I don't have time for that, so I'll just do it later. Well, there's always going to be a later, but now is the time you have, so why not work on something? Why not you know, get, get creative and, and write that song or write that story or whatever it is, you know? Yeah, and I, I've found this also recently. I've been kind of entertaining the idea of of writing a, a solo album and i have this this theme in mind for the whole album and you know but sometimes i get stuck on like well i don't i don't have the right words yet for how i want to say this but just taking the time to sit down and just write sometimes just even like free writing not even trying to write lyrics necessarily, but just getting ideas down on paper and writing, just forcing myself to like explore and to, to do something, not to just sit and think, but to actually do has been very beneficial in that. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, I tell you, I really enjoyed uh, this conversation with Jason that we uh, we had, and he talks a lot about how he specifically makes time for creativity, as much as that may seem like a weird thing, but it helps him to to work from from nothing to something. So let's get to that interview now. Today, we're excited to welcome back to the podcast our good friend, Jason Jasperson. Jason, how are things going? I'm feeling really good. I've got a studio day going. That's awesome. For those who may not have heard your previous episodes, could you give a brief introduction to yourself? Sure. I am a professional artist in New Ulm, Minnesota. I do uh, painting and digital work and sculpture and, 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 and <laughs> um, pretty much any, uh, any medium that, uh, that fascinates me, I think, um, is figure outable. And I also, I teach a sculpture class at Bethany Lutheran College. And I have a studio cat named Tootie, and I would recommend everybody um, subscribe to her Instagram feed. <laughs> oh, there you go. Tootie that the studio the cat. We'll be sure to put that in the show notes. Excellent. So you mentioned that uh, today's a studio day, which lends itself to saying like you have structured days for things. And in talking before the podcast, you kind of talked about how you have developed this sort of schedule for yourself. Maybe we can call it structured creativity. Can you just talk us through that a little bit? Sure. The idea of a schedule started to fascinate me this summer when I started really becoming a full-time professional artist and just entertaining that idea that, that maybe maybe this can be the whole thing. And as I started getting projects coming in, it started to become overwhelming. You know, I went from a from a desperate feeling like, oh no, uh, what are we going to do to look at all this work? I, I don't know if I can do it all. So structure, structure became an important piece in how I spend my time and in tracking my work. So I looked at, uh, looked at schedules, you know, I did what everybody does, do a, do an internet search. (laughs) And uh, I came across Ben Franklin's daily schedule. Nice. And there's a lot of uh, a lot of posts where people are kind of talking about how they tried Ben Franklin's schedule or what what did he do in a day? And there's a guy who had a lot of different things going and a lot of different interests and and lived a very productive life. So um, my my daily routine is loosely modeled on on his concepts. It goes like this. I wake up at a consistent time, about six o'clock, and the first thing I do is try to form an exercise habit, followed by a devotional time. And so that's that's personal time. That's like quiet time just for me. That fades into conceptual time. So the first thing I do in the studio is really just kind of let my mind go. Uh, do a little sketchbook work, some concept work, maybe explore medium, you know, explore clay a little bit or, you know, do a a quick painting. It doesn't really matter what I'm doing, but it does matter how I approach it. I want, I want this conceptual time to be very kind of open and creative. And sometimes I'm thinking about ideas for projects that I have in the hopper but in a very uh, wide open way. After the conceptual time, I kind of flip completely and do organizing time. So that's when I'll answer emails, I'll do communications, 
I'll work on project management. Project management is a tangent that I won't get into now, but if you're interested, I can describe how I do it. And then for that block of time, you know, I'm, I'm kind of managing myself. Then I go eat lunch, come back, and after lunch, all the way to supper, that's project time. So the whole afternoon is dedicated to uh, a project that, that is in progress. So that's different than the morning time. Morning time's dreaming. Uh, afternoon time is get her done time. Supper, family time. And then uh, in the evening, I'll, I'll come back to the studio and I'll do kind of low, low mental taxation work, things that, that don't take a lot of brain power, like cleaning and organizing the studio, maybe uh, technical processes like mold making or repairs, things like that. So those are the steps. But then, you know, I'll give you just a, a broader perspective. When when you look at that whole progression, it's moving from the studio time is moving from um, high mental work down to low mental work. So I, I do the hard things while I'm fresh. Sure. For that that initial conceptual time, you, you talk about letting letting your mind kind of go wherever it needs to and everything. But something you, you often hear from, from people who, who are trying to be creative is some variation of the phrase, like, uh, I just wasn't getting any inspiration today or the muse didn't strike me or, or anything like that. How do you combat that? Or do you agree with that? What, what are your thoughts? Well, the, the whole idea of structuring my time is my answer. You know, there, there's an assumption underneath that kind of statement that, that the idea is going to come to you. And by having that conceptual time scheduled in the day, for me, that's the fun stuff, playing with ideas. So I get, you know, I get excited to go to the studio. And my philosophy is ideas have to be discovered. You have to find them. They don't come to you. You go, you go get them. So there's a great quote by uh, Chuck Close, often quoted by artists. It, he says, um, inspiration is for amateurs. The rest of us just get to work. So what are some things you do? How do you go about uncovering or discovering your ideas? Like if, you, if you're in a place where you feel kind of stuck, where do you look? Where do you go? I'll do different things. Sometimes I'll, I'll start with what I know about a project. And that's assuming that this is, this is based on a project that somebody else is requesting. So I'll, I'll look at the ingredients that they've given, like a location or a theme, and just start to, start to explore that, look more at the location or see existing work that's, that's been done on this theme. That's one approach. Another approach is just to take action. So like I, I'll sit down at my sketchbook, I'll sit down at the table and just start like getting supplies going, start, you know, getting some ink out or grabbing a brush, small, small actions like that, where you just like put it in your hand, like you're going to do it leads to doing it. And then, it, it, you know, by that time, if I don't know what I'm going to do, I'll just make a mark and then I'll make some more marks. And inevitably you know, with the right mindset, that kind of leads 
to something, it, it gives me something to react to. If I if I just kind of sit and wait, things aren't changing. So I try to affect a change, and then then I can look at it and think, and you know maybe maybe make a judgment, like no, not that, or or that if I change something. So so my answer is in both cases action. I'm actively researching, or I'm actively making marks or moving material, even if I don't know what I'm doing. One of the things you had mentioned uh, that you do during this conceptual time is explore new media. Do you find yourself reverting more back to things you're familiar with, or do you specifically take time to try things you haven't tried before? I think my tendency is to uh, to explore. So I I like to try something that I haven't done before. I was telling you before before our discussion that today I'm melting aluminum ingots in my kiln. That's that's not something I've done before, but but if I can figure out uh, aluminum casting process, I think there's tremendous potential. Aluminum is uh, is a material that can be gotten pretty cheaply or or free. And uh, you know, I imagine that that could become a significant medium for me. So I'm going to try it. Another maybe misconception or, or thing that you often hear is that creativity is kind of the opposite of structure that, you know, creativity, you're, you're making something new or different or something out of nothing. Whereas structure, you're, you're like really kind of boxing yourself in a lot, but it sounds like you're saying this, this is actually helpful for your, your creativity. But do you ever find that like just the, the routine and the repetition kind of grading at the, your creativity that it, they're mm. like working against each other? Sure. Well, the, the nice thing is that I'm in charge. So <laughs> like every day I make it sound like it's, it's pretty rigorous, but every day I, I break my routine a bit. You know, I'll, I'll spend a little bit more time on one block than I intended to, or, you know, an email will come in earlier than I, than I hoped and, and it needs my attention right away. And I'll, you know, I'll slip into that organizing time. So, so the routine is really, you know, a guideline for myself and being able to make decisions about it, I find very satisfying regarding uh, whether structure gets in the way of creativity. I read a book a few years ago called The Houdini Solution, and it's all about embracing limitations creatively. The title comes from Harry Houdini making making a career out of limitations and uh, just how he thinks about it. So as a creative person, it's tempting to believe that if you had the whole set of expensive markers, you'd be a better artist. Or if if you could get the right gigs or collaborate with the right person or have the right guitar or, you know, like having the ultimate, you think, would, would be a dream. But the reality is that every one of us have limitations. We have what we have. We have the time that we have. We have the materials, the finances, the network. And... This is kind of like my my idea about taking action and not waiting. Your limitations are are the reality of 
your moment of right now. And I, I think my structure, my, my daily structure idea kind of embraces that idea that limitations can make you creative instead of hampering creativity. I think <clears throat> this is going to sound a little cheesy, but he, MacGyver is a hero for me in that idea, <laughs> in that realm. Yeah. I grew up on MacGyver, and I just think there's a great a great example of making the most out of what you have. Yeah, that actually reminds me of a musician, Jack White, of the White Stripes. He, he especially when he was working with the White Stripes, had some similar thoughts that he owned, like he just had his guitar and Meg played drums, and that's basically all they had. And so by like just working with those limitations and forcing themselves to, to be creative with what could we do with just these two things. And they came out with like six or seven albums. So they obviously did okay. Great, great albums. Yes. I love the white stripes. <laughs> so Jason, as a full-time professional artist, do you ever hear those classic cliches or stereotypes? Like people think, Oh, you're one of those, you know, almost like the mad professor type thing. Mm. Well, over the years, uh, there've been two, two sort of dominating knee-jerk reactions that kind of centered around finances. You, you, oh, you're an artist. Oh, you won't be famous until you're dead. You never sell anything until you're dead. That's one, one extreme. Uh, the other is the exact opposite. Oh, so you're one of those people that throws paint at a canvas and gets paid $2 million. And neat, you know, neither of those are, rooted in reality they're rooted in a cartoon or something and other cliches kind of on our topic today have to do with the sort of scatterbrained uh nature of creatives and i think there's some truth to that but it's but it's a stance from a particular view so you know what what a what an artist does what a creator does is really try to make something that hasn't existed and that takes a lot of concentration. And if we think that that concentration or brain power is, you know, like a, a natural resource that has a limit, your brain power, uh, you know, maybe is being used in other places other than being organized or other than, uh, I don't know, what normal people do. <laughs> So, you know, it looks strange from a certain stance, but but inside there's there's a different allotment or organization of concentration of brain power. So I, I think I think people are different and I love it. Yeah. Well, we want to thank you again, Jason, for taking the time to come on the podcast today. It's always a pleasure having you. Well, I'm so excited that this podcast is happening. You guys are doing a great job. Thank you. Thanks, and, and good luck with that uh, aluminum today. I'm looking forward to hearing how that goes. Yeah, hopefully there's no uh, there's no tragic fire or anything like that. And for our listeners who want to keep an eye on what you're up to, where can they follow you? Where can they see your stuff? Uh, Instagram is my main broadcast channel. Uh, I'm also on Facebook, and I have a ill-tended blog <laughs> at jjjasperson.com. But Instagram is the place to, to get it first. All right, we'll be sure to put that in the show notes as well. Thanks again, Jason, for joining us. Thanks, guys. That wraps it up for another episode of the podcast. 
As always, if you have questions you'd like answers to, people you'd like to hear from, or if you'd like to know more about the songwriting weekend that we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, feel free to reach out to us at heartsandhandspodcast at gmail.com or on any social media platform at Wells Creatives. And be sure to check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash heartsandhandspodcast. We appreciate those who have supported us this far, and if you'd like to see this podcast keep running, we'd appreciate continued support as well. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.